Welcome to the Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub Podcast. AGS is a leading provider of agronomy services, exclusive products, and unrivaled customer support. Underpinned by a well-qualified and experienced team of former sports turf managers. AGS. Supply. Consult. Support. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Turf Hub Podcast with me, Joe Hendy. Today I'm joined by the Sage of Bristol, self-professed Bristol's number one greenkeeper, cover boy of Greenkeeper Magazine's largest selling edition, a vintage edition, January 17, well that was surpassed in uh, August 2020 this year, Mr. Mike Sage. Mike, how are we doing? I'm good, yeah, how are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Thank you very much. So, let's kick off with your vital statistics. Okay. Holes. We've got 18 holes here at Knoll. Hectares. We are 40 hectares. Bunkers. We have got 69, which is happens to be my favourite number. Fantastic number. Mechanic. Yes and no. My deputy, bless him, he, he, he does fix quite a lot of things. We do a lot of grinding ourselves. We've got our own grinders. So we do all that. We do do a lot of our winter maintenance ourselves. So I'm going to say, yes, we do have a mechanic. <laughs> Memberships. Membership, yeah. We're 540 at the minute. We've just stopped taking new members. Actually, we've got a waiting list at the minute. So we've they've capped it at 540. I mean, if, if old older seniors wanted to join seven-day members, that wanted to play during the week, they'd probably take them on. But weekend club golfers the course is absolutely random there's no tee times so. longest hole the longest hole is the 18th par five sweeping down the hill back towards the clubhouse shortest hole it's the 10th right outside the clubhouse which is quite a nasty little tee shot straight up the hill everyone's normally on the bar on the outside the bar there area having a drink and it all goes quiet and you hit your shot up there <laughs> oh, yeah no, not one for me what we're we talking distance wise i think it's about 118 i think it's not very far okay and what time is your alarm set for in the morning? My alarm, Joe, is set in the summer, five o'clock. Oof. Because I live in Weston, so I've got a, I've got a half hour, 40 minute drive. So five o'clock in the summer, six o'clock in the winter. I like to give myself a little bit of extra time because I always like to stop for a Costa coffee. The car just steers itself <laughs> into the local garage and I'm a bit addicted to them, to be fair. Well, next question. And what's the first thing you do in the morning? Well, that's it. But I have that Costa. But I have that Costa just to wake me up, work out what we're all going to be doing. And what's your Costa of choice? I go with a classic mocha, but sometimes... A mocha? Yeah, classic mocha. Sometimes, Christmas time, they had a lovely honeycomb latte. Fantastic. Well, I, I did hear they did do children's drinks. They, they were, they're, they're kind of more child-friendly. <laughs> they are child-friendly. Nothing too grown-up for me, Joe. I can't handle a normal <laughs> coffee. Yet. Too grown-up for me. And what is the first thing you do when you get to work? As soon as I get to work, I normally pull up, have a walk onto the putting green, move the markers on 10 and, and 1 there, and just have a look at the putting green, see how he's looking, and then come on down the sheds, get the sheds open, and then the guys are normally arriving then, and we're... Good to go. In the winter sometimes, if it's, it's cold and wet, we might have a cup of tea. But in the summer, generally we're up or out because we've got early tea times at the minute with these tea time sheets and we've got to get out there in front of the golf. What time's first tea? First tea varies depending on what day it is. During the week, it's half seven, both teas. Weekends, it goes to an 18 hole up the first at seven o'clock with nine holes on the back nine. So it's a bit all over the place at the minute. And what time's your last... I think they play till dusk, till they can they can tee off until as late as they like. So as a course manager, what's your typical day? Typical day, like I said, get up, 
get in, get the Costa, get in the work, and then yeah, normally you've got all your work planned out. I mean, you've got your week's worth of work planned out. Yeah, they all know the week before you've already got everything in your mind what you're going to be doing in the future anyway, haven't you? You know, not just weeks in advance, but, but almost months in advance, don't you? So you already know what the guys are going to be doing. You might adjust it a little bit for for weather conditions, but just generally come in, have a chat with my deputy, see what you know, think of any issues that we've got, and then set the jobs for the guys and, and head out onto the golf course. Okay, so the course outside, what, what are we looking at now? What, what sort of course is it? And also, for those that are listening that don't know where Knoll Golf Club is, where are we in the country, that sort of thing? Over to you. Knoll is, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, 18-hole Parkland course, very heavy clay, uh, blue clay, very very wet in the winter, of course. Wet. Very wet. Tree-lined Parkland course. Founded 1905, and it was a nine-hole course, I believe, just outside of uh, uh, Knoll. Outside, so sorry, there's nine, of course. They moved to where it is now in 1924, I believe, and became 18 holes down here. Beautiful. So, yeah, we got a good friendly membership. Quite, like I said, full full membership, and yes, yeah, it's, it's a lovely club to to work for. I, I don't think I've worked at a better club, to be honest. Fantastic. I used to be a junior member here when I did play golf. It's just yeah, it's a really nice course to play and work at. What did you play off? Well, I play off eight, but I don't play very often anymore. So. I would have, yeah, I'd still like, I'd like to say I'd still get round off of eight. Yeah. Off of eight? Yeah, if I play, I get a little bit older and, I, and the, my kids have grown up a bit more, I'll probably get back into golf and I'd like to think I could still get round off of eight, maybe even get a bit lower. All right, and who's, who is the lowest ranked, uh, well, uh, which greenkeeper has got the lowest? Um... Greenkeeper, us, golfer-wise, is Lee Morty. He plays for the first team, I believe he's off scratch. Now, I think he's one or scratch. Um, so, yeah, he's decent standard. Um, and then, yeah, um, we've got all of us play, really. We all play golf, different varying degrees. Right out to my deputy, who can quite easily spend four hours out there, he's got 150 shots easily. <laughs> and that's just the front nine. <laughs> so, uh, staff, so how many staff have you got working at Noel? Well, staff. We are just about to be going back up to six, actually. Six? Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So there's me, obviously I'm course manager. I've got Kevin Day, who's my deputy. He has been here, I believe, 41 years. <laughs> I'd like to say he didn't look old enough. But... Oh, God. He, he, but rumour has it, <laughs> he was born on the course and raised by the deer. The <laughs> so I think he's been here his whole life. And there's always question marks over how old Kev is. I... <laughs> He's a smoker, you see, so he looks he looks older than he actually is. Um, so we got Kev. We've then got Mort- Lee Mordy. He's been here um, probably ten years now, I suppose, somewhere along those lines. Very good golfer, bless him. And then sorry, then we've got Ian Reed. He's joined rejoined us actually. He used to work here back in the early sort of naughty, something like that. Left to go over to Dyson, and um, when we had an opportunity, because he lives quite close, he came back and joined us. And we've recently also taken on Paul Lewis, who again used to be a greenkeeper here, coming back into the industry. And also Tom Wright, again, greenkeeper from Long Ashton, left the industry and has decided to come back in. We had advertising, he's, uh, he's joining us in a couple of weeks. Tom Wright. Tom Wright, oh, I think, has popped up on the fantasy football radar before. I believe he won the fantasy football. Uh, technically, did he? But he, he wasn't was, in the industry. He wasn't in the industry. So, you've gone, he missed out, didn't he? Have you recruited? 
You've, you've recruited on the basis of you've, fantasy I, uh, football I've standings. Gone, I went through the AGS <laughs> league, looked down it, and saw that he was near the top. So I brought him in for advice. Yeah, just, Fantastic. just um, yeah, I think he won it, technically won it last year, but wasn't in the industry. So um, I believe he bombed him out. Yeah, well, that's, that's what happens. So yeah, that's, that's us. That's us there. We're a team of six, which is about right, I'd say, for a course our size. Most around here are six, you know. Yeah, that's us. Who takes the most sick days? The most sick days? Well, I would have said we're not bad for sick days. We're not bad at all. But um, I'd say Morty. No. Um, could be Morty. No. I'll tell you a little story, Joe. We A few years ago, Morty had to have a, about a week off because he, he got hit by a golf ball. Um, but under closer investigation, we discovered it was he was actually under a tree with his feet up and an acorn had fallen on his head. Um, so, in fact, it was just a golf ball lying next to him. He assumed the <laughs> golf ball hit him. It was actually an acorn fell out the tree and bopped him on the head. So, I think he had a week off that. So, we're going to say sick days. We're pretty good, to be fair. The team is very, very reliable team. But Morty did have a week off when an acorn hit him on the head. Greens. What's your sword composition? And what's, the, what's your holy ground? Our sword composition, we're a, we're a mix of bent and power. You yeah. know, some greens are bent and power, other greens are power and bent, <laughs> <laughs> depending on what the population is. You know, we've got some greens, 16, 11, uh, 4, high population of bent, slightly drier, a bit more slopey greens. So the natural grass to occur on there is, is the bent grass. So they'll probably be 70% bent, 30% power. We've got other greens, our wetter greens, 14, 18. They're, they're very power dominated, they really are. So, um, What is your biggest challenge on the course? What's it, daily, weekly, and uh, overall? I'd say on a daily basis, it's just trying to keep standards good throughout, throughout an entire season, isn't it, you know? On a daily basis, getting out there, Dealing with the tee times now that we've got much more golf being played than in previous years, definitely. Just trying to get work on a daily basis, trying to get work done on an in and around golfers with tee sheets as full as they are. So a lot of it now it needs to be done in front of them as much as you can. We used to be able to sort of have our quiet days where we pick off our fairways and stuff during the day. A lot of it now needs to be done in front of golfers. Right, because okay. the tee sheet is booked up pretty much all day on certainly on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, you know, and it's still a lot busier on the Tuesdays and Thursdays than it used to be. So that's the sort of the daily sort of problems we have really. Overall? Overall, uh, no, one of the biggest problems is is a wet golf course. It is. The winters here are long, they're wet. But the lost city of Atlantis, isn't it? It is a wet course out there, but we are looking to alleviate that with we're looking into fairway drainage or increasing the aeration in the fairways and looking at top dressing fairways. Again, greens drainage we've been looking at. So we are looking at ways in which we can improve it through the winter, but the whole site is a, it is a wet site. There's no getting away from it. But it's a beautiful summer course. Um, if we could just yeah, invest a little bit and get it going a bit more in the winter, that'd be, it'd almost be the... Lovely. Right, away, away from golf. A little bit about you. Any hobbies, interests, family? What are we looking at? What's Mike Sage away from golf? Who, who is Mike Sage? Well, I love a bit of football. I do love a bit of football. Like I said, I used to play golf. Don't play that as much now because I'm I'm married. I've got three young kids. I've got Jack, was 12. I've got Ruby, eight. And I've got Ruby, Harry, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. Who's six. So 
they all um, do various houses, kids do, don't they? I've got two of them, that the two boys play football, so a lot of the time is tied up with Saturdays, dropping them at the various places where they're going to be playing. Jack plays for Milton Nomads, Harry plays for Hutton, and he also plays for North Somerset, so he's training sort of three times a week, playing two or three matches, and I've got Ruby does gymnastics. So busy. Busy. And you've got three kids, very, very busy, so there's not much time. I would like to get back into golf, like I said. I do enjoy fishing. Going fishing uh, next week, actually, summer, um, Easter holiday, so I'm going... I am taking the kids fishing, so that'll be nice. But yeah, just just that. a lot of it is based around uh, around the kids. Though, to so in a way, uh, to relax, you come to, to relax. work. Almost, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost come to work. We come to work to relax. To relax. Especially during lockdown with that home learning. <laughs> I'd go home, my missus would be pulling her hair around. I'd be like, well, this has been quite a nice day at work, actually. I think I'll just turn around on the drive. I'll just look in through the window. Oh yeah, that doesn't look so good in there. I'm just going to turn off the drawing <laughs> head back to work and do some more work. No, it uh, takes up a lot of time. I like to spend a lot of time with the family. And a job like this, you know, we start early, so we get to finish early. So it is the type of job where you can spend a lot of time with family. You can do the school runs. You can get involved with them, can't you? Some jobs, you're working until God knows what time in the evening, aren't you? One of the perks, isn't it? One of the perks. If you're a family man, and even if you're not a family man, finishing early... If you're into your golf, anything, there's plenty of time in this. Could you start early, you finish early, you've got plenty of time for your hobbies. Mike, you're a fairly popular course manager in the fine city and county of Bristol. Who are your other, uh, who are your friends in the trade? I mean, when you speak to other greenkeepers, who are you, who are you bouncing ideas off? Yeah, we're a fairly close-knit group, actually, in Bristol, I'd say. I mean, like I said about Harrogate, we all get together up there, really. So, yeah, there's a lot in the Bristol area, you know? Got Matt at BNC, Gary at Hembury, Marcus at Filton, James at Long Ashton, Darren at Salford. There's loads. Fudgy at the Kendallshire, Perkins, I suppose, at the players, maybe. The, the thing is, you've got to keep the list going now. You, you've you, got to keep you, the list you going. You can't miss, right? I can't avoid anyone out now. I've got Wayner at Cotswood Hills. <laughs> and then anyone else I've missed out as well, you know? Yeah. But everyone. Everyone knows everyone in this it, industry. It is, it is close and to in the Bristol area. There's everyone knows everyone's business, don't they? If there's a job going, who's going to be getting this and all that? All all gets about you reps and murder for sharing all the information about, aren't you? So um, I, I, there isn't anyone really who's um, who's a bad egg, really. I think everyone in the Bristol area. So we get up to Arrogate and we all meet up and have a chat, see what's going on. But if anyone's got anything going on, like. Um, Jimmy Braithwaite up at Long Ashton, he was building some bunkers with the Enviro Bunker, or the Jorah Bunker, whichever one is. Yeah, and you go up and have a look, you just phone him up and he'll happily have it's you quite, up there. It's quite a supportive network, isn't it? It's quite, quite a supportive good. network, it certainly is. Darren's looking at, uh, Darren at Salford's looking at doing the Sheldon drainage, Embry and Bristol and Clifton have all done. I went and had a look at their, their courses when they were doing that. So yeah, it's a very supportive industry, it really is, yeah. Brilliant. Who... In your team, has the best lunches. Best lunches? Wow, that is a tough one. We're all pretty standard. It's just uh, sandwiches all round, really. It's I mean, n- nothing, nothing exceptional. Nothing stands out. <laughs> nothing stands out, <laughs> right. really. I mean, there's some... And who has the worst? Oh, who has the worst? God, the worst. The worst is... <laughs> I, I, Kev, my deputy, again. <laughs> I mean, fish pay sandwiches. That's all oh. I'm going to say. Have you ever smelt fish paste sandwiches? Yeah. I mean, it's just horrendous. <laughs> it stinks the mess room out. I've got to leave the room when he's having his fish paste sandwiches. So I'd say Kev's the worst. 
Lunch was best. What we used to do on a Friday before all this lockdown and the clubhouse was open, we'd always have a breakfast on a Friday from the clubhouse. Oh, beautiful. Or a burger, something like that. Yeah, beautiful. just a choice from the menu every Friday because they do a bit of a discount in there for us. So that was quite nice. So I'd always I'd sometimes have a burger or a steak, all sorts. Whatever they had on specials, I'd generally have. And you have, you have been there. I, I must mention, my, so my father worked there for a little while. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, he works. Right? Yeah, he's good as gold. He works for a bit. Um, he was a grafter. Oh, he grafted when he was here. Like father, like son, I like to think. I'm not sure about that, Joe, but yes, he did. <laughs> he said, I don't know where it went wrong, but he, he grafted. Oh, he really did. You send him out there. You said, Tone, run through that wall. He'd run through that wall. <laughs> it's as simple as that. He's just gone with it. It is true. Yeah. But uh, he did mention you had, you had the occasional barbecue. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously my, my dad's obviously a vegetarian. <laughs> That's poor old Tone, yeah. I remember we was it was 2018 when it was really hot that hot summer. Tony came and joined us, and we had we had a barbecue out the front there. And he's he's trying there. He's a vegetarian, and he and he was trying. Oh, I had the meat going, the burgers and the sausages. He, he put this mushroom. He put this mushroom thing. I don't know how best to describe it. It was like a oh, just a big flat mushroom thing, and right next to my burgers, and I'm I'm there trying to nudge it off and. He's not looking, and I nudged it off, and it landed on a bit of, bit of dirt. Uh, sorry, I quickly picked it up and put it back on. He didn't notice that. He, didn't, he, he still don't know that today. But yeah, too keen on mushrooms, Tone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna... I had to get him a separate disposable barbecue for his that. that, 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 that he did Yeah. Okay, so when, a bit about you. When did you start in the industry? I started down at Cannington College. Down in 1995, I did. I did a bit of work experience up at Stockwood Bell Golf Club from school and did, a, did the summer then in 95. I then went down to Cannington College, yeah. Only a 16-year-old, stayed away from home. I'd originally organised to go over to film, but they cancelled the course there. So off down to Cannington. Mum and Dad packed me off. I used to stay down there, 16 years of age, doing, the, doing my N.D., down at Cannington College. My mum and dad just sent me off down there. And I'll tell you down there, what, one thing they didn't mind, a little bit of underage drinking. <laughs> now, We're big on IDs in those <laughs> No. Well, to be fair, it was, it was a while back now, wasn't it? It was a while back That's now. That's the unfortunate truth. It was a while back. Wonderful. Beautiful college. I don't know if they still do greenkeeping down there, but it was, the, it was always called the Centre of Excellence. And I was down there. Hugh Parry was the... Tutor, Declan Gallagher was the tutor, Steve Hazel. In the, the, the class of 95, it was in your year group as such. Oh, Other yeah. Some have gone on to do different things. Some are working at the Wisley. Paul Andrews working at the Wisley. I think Simon Lupton, who I went to college with, I think he last I heard he was in Dubai. There's a, yeah, they've all gone all over the place. Ponsford as well, he was down there, yeah. I can't remember. I don't think he did a lot of work when he was down there. Um, but he was in the year below me. Ponce. So my girlfriend who I met, well my wife now, who I met down there, she I used to go back down there after I'd finished my course and, and yeah, Rich Ponce was, was down there then. So well, you, met her, you met her at college? I met Joe down at college. What, yeah. was she, what was she doing? She was doing... A lecturer? No, 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 no. She wasn't a lecturer. Nothing like that. <laughs> no. Um, she was doing animal, animal science or animal management she was doing. So she wanted to be a vet. Bar scene and that down there. Really good college. The greenkeeping side of things, it was there was loads and loads of greenkeepers down there, but I don't think they, I don't think it's quite... And from Cannington, you joined up? Cannington, so I did my ND then at Cannington. Then from there, I went to Woodspring, where I worked under Steve Chappell, who, uh, of course, was uh, 
at Glen Eagles for the Ryder Cup and it's Royal, now I believe, Royal, Royal, Royal Bled Royal Bled isn't it I would like to get a little trip over there when everything Do you know, I think it's probably, settles down that is something yeah. we should look into that is something we should definitely look into so yeah we're with, with Steve there had a, had a couple of years there and just decided I want to go back to college and do a HND because I wanted to I, I, I decided greenkeeping was definitely going to be the, the, the thing for me, the career for me. So I thought, well, if I want to move up to be a deputy head greenkeeper, I want to go back and get me HND. So I went back then, uh, 2000, I think it was, or 99, somewhere in there, and did, uh, did then did my HND. So completed that and then went off to Shirehampton for a few years uh, and then came across. Was that Shire as a head greenkeeper? Shirehampton as, uh, yeah, no, deputy. There, deputy head greenkeeper at Shire. Then came across the knoll as originally as deputy head greenkeeper, and then Chris left, and I took over twelve years ago. So I've been head greenkeeper for twelve years now. Time flies. It certainly does when now, you're having fun. I, I think it's fair to say that um, Knoll is a bit of a hidden gem. It certainly is an urban oasis. Plenty of wildlife on the course. What sort of wildlife can you see on course? Plenty of wildlife out on the course. Yeah, plenty out there, Joe. Mostly golfers. Um, yeah, no, uh, we've got lots of deer. Lots of deer. Probably got 30 deer, I'd say. Right. Out on the course, yeah, there's a real population of deer out there. We've also got a badger set up behind the second uh, tee. They do cause a bit of damage. Much damage, yeah. Well, no, yeah. Well, just the restrictions on what we can spray for certain things as well. As it, it, so there's more grubs in the ground. There's, there's more digging. There's no doubt about it. So we do... They're not, they could be worse, I think. They could be worse. They do a bit of damage to the second tee where their set is. But greens-wise, they do, they do dig bits and pieces. The problem I always find with them, you can repair it, they go back to it, you can repair it, they go back to it. They seem to just go back to their own, their sort of places. So also we have a lot of foxes. Urban course, we have a lot of foxes. They also do a fair bit of damage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally, like you say, it's a bit of a green oasis, really, like... It's, it's just tucked away. People come down here and they're always amazed. People haven't been here before. They're always amazed. You go, I, I, I've lived in Bristol all my life and I never knew this was here. Right. Even people that live close to the course, they don't even know it's here. Nope. You know? Um, and you do, what are you doing to encourage wildlife? Anything? Because I know we did a little wildflower project a few years back. Yeah, we got the odd wildflower area about. Um, if we're working on trees, a lot of the logs are stacked up, you know for wildlife and what have you for the bugs and bug everything hotels uh, and... bug hotels that sort of thing all the the general sort of things we're we try and be as environmentally friendly as we can we've got some bat boxes about we've also got some bird boxes knocking around here's a big one for you mr mike sage what is your favorite hole i'm gonna go with 17 joe because visually it's it's a it's a beautiful hole. you stand on the tee it, it's just it's a bit of an elevated tee so you're just looking over the you can see the entire hall it's Nicely shaped fairways. It's just a beautiful looking hole, you know. It really is. I love you. When you're stood on that tee, you can also look down sixteen across to four, three. It, it's a large sort of open a sort of area there. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful vista. Beautiful vista, as you say, Joseph. Uh, stroke index. Stroke index on that one is stroke ten. So I do miss out on a shot there if I'm playing. Distance. Distance, four hundred and fifty-five yards, I believe, Joe. So for me. Good drive, flick with a wedge. And that's a par? Par four. Beautiful stuff. In your opinion, what's the hardest hole to play? Hardest hole is still, 14 is the hardest hole stroke index wise. And um, yeah, I'd go with 14 as, as probably the hardest hole. Again, it's- That's your, over, card, that's your card record, is yeah, it? Yeah, that can be. There's several on the back nine I've always struggled with if I when I used to play more. And if, if I got through 
a 14 and 16 both could wreck it. I, I always find if I got the 14, I'd pop it out of bangs left, which is tight to the fairway. If I got through that one, 16 would get me. Again, that's another tough hole. So, but yeah, I'd say 14. It's got a ditch running across it, four bunkers. Quite a narrow fairway. If you go too far right, you're almost pitching out on, from the trees. Left is out of bounds. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, let's go 14. 14 it is then. Okay, um, what's in the shed? I'm talking frontline machinery. Frontline machinery, Joe. In the shed, we've got a bit of a mix here, really. And all we're... We like to, uh, we don't like to stick to one fleet. We're not a fleet buyer. So what we generally do, we will get all the top machines in. You know, we'll get one from Jake, Baroness, Toro, possibly John Deere. And um, we will pick the best machine for the job. We're not stuck to, we've got to have Toro. I do like Toro. Toro is right up there with reliability, but we're just about to buy a greens mower. And I feel that the G-Plex, the GP400, sorry, um, it's just, Slightly better than the, the Toro Greens Mower. So we're going to go for the G-Plex in that, uh, GP400, sorry. But then when we were looking at a semi-rough machine, we went for a uh, uh, the Toro, the Sidewinder, you know. Fairways, we went for a Baroness, just simply because of the the consistency of cut you get, the quality of cut and the and the build of it, you know. So we're not stuck to one machine. We will we will look at what, what the machine does. We will demo it on the area, and then we will, as a group, make a decision on what we think is the best one. Fantastic. Um, I should mention approach. probably other machinery is uh, available. Other machinery is available. Um, what's what's your favourite bit of kit? Favourite bit of kit? I mean, the Procore. You you <laughs> Everyone loves the Procore, they I, do. There's something almost sexual about the Procore. You love it. Yeah, it's a beautiful machine. I, I can't, you can't it's, beat a slow-mo on a Procore. A slow-mo on a Procore... <laughs> Is very exciting. Isn't it's, it? it's just a thing of beauty. Proper turf so I core. do love the pro core, the smoothness of it, the smoothness of it when you're using it. I also like um, the Baroness fairway mower. Actually, I think, like I was saying about the quality of cut and the consistency of cut. I mean, we've had that four years, and it was that so four seasons. Sorry, and I ground, I only ground the units that in this winter just gone. So. I had four seasons. I didn't swap the bottom blade, so still the same bottom blade, and it was still cutting decent. But I just I gave it a grind this winter. This winter, so for four years, it hasn't had a grind and not a new bottom blade. Didn't need another bottom so blade. When you said when you said four seasons, then I was thinking winter, summer, all. No, 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 no. Four golf seasons, should we call it? Four years, then, Joe. Should we say <laughs> so? Yeah, Baroness fairway mower for me. A beautiful piece of equipment. What's your favourite bit of kit ever? Favourite bit of kit ever. Do you know what, Joe? When I worked at Shirehampton, we had a machine. Well, I think they still make them now. It might be a, bar a Baroness machine now, but it was an Allen National in the day. We used to call it Little Bessie. <laughs> um, health and safety <laughs> nightmare. I mean, belts going everywhere. No safety switches. <laughs> but it would cling to the side of a wall, basically. <laughs> You could cut anything with it. You could go anywhere. Yeah, Little Bessie it was. That's what we called her. It was an Allen National. I've got a feeling they do still make them now. I'm not, there's probably a little bit more health and safety gone into it <coughs> now. But we used to cut all of the real steep banks with it. Back in back then at Shire, I love that machine. Yeah, a, a Little Bessie. Little her. Bessie it is then. Oh, it was beautiful. Right. Uh, we live in a, an age of social media and celebrity. Who is the most famous person... That you're aware of to have played Noel Golf Club? 
Um, we've had a few footballers. Uh, we've had Stuart Pearce was here last year playing, or the year before. Uh, he, he He's good friends with one of the members of the club, so he came and um, they auctioned for the captain's charity, I think, a four-ball with him. Nice. So that was last year. Um, Thomas from Allen, actually, from Allen, for who used to play for Arsenal, defender. Do you remember him? Thomas from Allen. From Marlon. No, uh, Belgian. 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 Bit, of a, bit of a fantasy football darling. Used to like getting on the end of it that and scoring a few actually. points. Remember him? Yeah. He played it. I don't know what he was playing here, but he's played here. One person has played here several times, actually, because his father-in-law is is, uh, is a member here, and his wife used to be a member here. Paul McGinley. He, um, his father-in-law is still a member here, and he has played here several times. Okay, and who is the most famous person you managed to get a selfie with? Today? I... I've never in my life got involved with selfies. I don't think I've ever taken one selfie. That's because you're a proper bloke. I'm a proper bloke. Proper blokes don't take selfies. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy. So selfie -wise, I don't think I have, Jack. It might be the odd one, but no, no one famous. I don't think I've ever bumped into anyone famous. And um, Has anyone famous ever bumped into you and said, bloody hell, Mike Sage? Not that I'm aware of. No. I haven't really met anyone famous. I've, I've seen Nick Knowles once. We did have a member of staff here, um, Jack Trump, his brother. Is, Trumpy. Um, world um, snooker uh, champion a couple of years ago. Um, world number one, He's, Judd Trump. So, I believe Judd Trump from Bristol was number Judd, one now. Judd, talking to famous people, he was a member here as well. So he used to play here. And Jack was a member of staff with us for a couple of years. Lovely lad, Jack. Absolutely lovely lad. He's gone off now with his brother and um, I believe he's a he's a coach now for some younger players as well. So he's done, since he went off with his brother, his brother took off and um, won lots and lots of titles. So he's he's obviously a good coach and um, yeah, he's a lovely lad and we wished him well as he went. He was he's a lovely lad, yeah. Anyone mentioned snooker? I'd just like to mention that um, I'm a friend of Judd Trump's Brother, but really, I'm not. Basically, I just know Trump because he works at no. I always say, yeah, no, I'm big pals with uh, lovely, with, with, lovely, lovely lads. fella. He did come up to Arrogant with me one year, actually. He did. Oh, no, he did. Yeah, yeah. Top man. Um, Let's hope that's on again this year, Arrogant, eh? Let's hope that's going to go on again. I think, I think, or next year, sorry. Next year. Well, I think we all need some education, don't we? I think we all need some education, Joe. We yeah, all need some education. we're all lacking a little bit, eh? We need some serious education. Certainly do. Fantasy football, you touched on it then. But obviously, you're the, you're the, the first, as far as I'm aware, the only ever person to do the grass care treble. Yes, Jim, um, right there. I am the only ever person... Ponsford, I think, got close in the end, but as always, he bottled it. He bottled it several times with fantasy football. You're a, uh, a huge player in the fantasy football. Yeah. Um... I love a bit of fantasy football. Football in general. I love football in general. I do like watching a, fo a lot of football. Not really a supporter of any team, really. Just more, I just like enjoy watching football. You know, I really do. Yeah, fantasy football. I think you got it. Got me into fantasy football all those years ago just when we first met, to be honest. <laughs> so I got you to blame. Right. Given the state of the world right now, it'd be a bit remiss not to mention a pandemic. How have you guys coped with the pandemic? What procedures you put in place during and since? Did you get furloughed? Did you not get furloughed? Did the course keep ticking over? What? Yeah. How's I mean, the last twelve the, months gone? The first lockdown it was it was all new, wasn't it? It was all new. No one really knew what was going on, to be honest. So we did sort of cut back on staff. One, we lost one member of staff, and um, yeah, we ran with four through the season. Like I said, no one really knew at the start what was going to be happening, how long the lockdown was going to last, what was going to, what was going to be happening. But, I mean, looking back now, if, if you thought about it, I mean, golf, it was obvious that golf was going to go through a bit of a boom, wasn't it? You know, because it was the first thing to come back and 
with the restrictions on people going and, and watching things like football, rugby, cricket, no one can go and do that. People are looking for activities to do. And, um, well, golf really is, is your perfect pandemic sport, isn't it? You know, you can socially distance easy. Yeah, if you want to, you can play out on your own. You don't, you don't even, you, know, you don't need to see anyone. Really, it is. It's a perfect pandemic sport. So, like a lot of clubs, we've probably picked up lots and lots of members. But procedure-wise, yeah, I mean, we've just uh, we've tried to sort of split the group up a little bit. We we generally were having breaks out outside because obviously it's better in the outside in the fresh air. So, yeah, I mean, there was only four of us, so we could spread ourselves about again. Greenkeeping really a perfect job to have in a in a pandemic because again a lot of it's done on your own you, you're on your own sat there on a mower or whatever aren't you you know just basically just try to keep people apart just increase the cleaning of the facilities and things and um, let's just start with we had staggered starts and all that sort of stuff but uh, yeah just everyone just sort of keeping their distance from one another. Now I've seen some uh, some toilet facilities in my years. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously being on, on on a road with no access to, uh, to, to to toilets and bathrooms. Just talk me through your toilet out there. We have a very vigorous cleaning <laughs> regime for the toilets, uh, Joe. We do. That is uh, part of the cleaning cycle that we work on. And would, so would you say? I really is it, is don't it, know is what, it, what you're talking about. Is it an annual clean? Or? Um, yes, just before Christmas, the toilet <laughs> will have a clean. <laughs> and what, what does the standard. what does the future really. hold for Mister Mike Sage? Well, I I think I've still got several years to give it, Noel. I really do. I've got I've got lots of visions for the place and stuff. So, I'm I'm only forty two. I'd like to think well, I've got several years left here, Joe. I love greenkeeping. It's a fantastic industry. It's one of those things that you've got to, uh, the more you put in, the more you get out of it, you know. Education side of things, like I said, big supporter of Harrogate, the Continue to Learn programme, everything like that, talking to other greenkeepers. It, yeah, I, I, I won't be leaving the greenkeeping industry. I, I do love greenkeeping, just the, the turf industry in general. If you had to offer out some advice to a younger you, what would you be telling a, 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 me, a, a spotty little sixteen-year-old Mike Sage? Down at Cannington, a spotty yeah. little trying to get a trying to get a drink down at Cannington. Yeah, I would say don't be afraid to ask questions. That's one. That's one of the most important things. Don't be afraid to ask why people are doing things. That's one of the most important. It's such a simple thing, but don't be afraid just to ask what, what why are you doing that. You know, if you're a young lad working on a golf course. Just ask why those chemicals are being sprayed. What? Why is you know? Why are they spraying this? What feed is this? What is that? What does that do? What does this growth regulator do? You know, just don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to make mistakes either, because you, you you learn from your mistakes. You don't learn from successes. You learn from failures. Of course you do. So don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to ask questions. One also thing as a youngster, I, one thing I might have liked to have done is to have gone abroad and worked on a golf course abroad. Maybe America, something like that. So the, the sort of opportunity that yeah, comes up before yeah, you have comes up before you get a wife and kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of them, early twenties. Yeah. I might have liked a couple of years abroad. Mr. Mike Sage, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. I've been Joe Endy. Here's been Mike Sage. Stay safe. <laughs> well, I sound all right then. Thanks for listening to Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub Podcast. For more information, 
visit advancegrass.com or follow us on socials using the handle at advancegrass. We just need to check that it's not the 8th reindeer. Afterwards, I thought, oh, hang on, it could be the 8th. Uh, course overview, let's have a look. Start the course tour, I don't want a course tour, do I? Where's the card? Right, short saw, what did I say the short saw was? 10. 10. 10. 10. Did I say 10? Yeah. Short stall is 10. Well, well done then. Yeah. Short stall 10. I think I even said it was 118, it's 128 yards there. So, group. Yeah. A minute. Just see that like, I didn't miss anyone out, did I? Do you think so? Gary. I said Gary, didn't I? Yeah. I said Marcus. I said Holy. Holker, sorry. I said Wayner. Fudge. Perkins. Yeah, Perkins. Yeah, I don't know. Thanks for listening to Advanced Grass Solutions Turf Hub Podcast. For more information, visit advancegrass.com or follow us on socials using the handle at advancegrass.